thank you to Kenneth Copeland Ministries for sowing the airtime for this broadcast. There's enough power in every sick room and in every hospital room to raise up that sick one that may be describing you. Yes, you yes. may be in a sick room. Yeah. You may be in a hospital room. And I want to remind you, power is present. That power is there to do a work. Believe in what's present, not trying to get something, but notice that he's already made it yours. It's present right where you're at. Say, I receive that power. I receive that power. I receive it right now. I receive it right now. From the top of my head. The top of my head. the soles of my feet. The soles of my feet. Welcome. We are so glad you're here with us today, joining us for Jesus the Healer. And isn't he a good one? Yes. He is the he is a great healer, yes. and he loves healing. Yes. And we love cooperating with that healing power yes. that belongs to us. Amen. Yes. I, I love the title, Jesus the Healer. Period. Yes. Amen. Yes. And uh, we're just so glad you've joined us. We love bringing the word to you because as we bring the word to you, you can receive healing right where you're at. That's right. You can receive answers. You yes. can receive clarity and revelation for your life. That's right. And um, how many of you know that his word, it is the fountain of, the, of healing? Yes. Uh, the Bible says he sent his word and healed them. Yes. So just while you're sitting under the teaching of the word, you can receive healing. Right. Amen. Release your faith. Yes. Uh, join your faith with us. And we're expecting God to uh, author answers in your heart today. Uh, the revelation of answers coming. Amen. That revelation of his word. You know, nothing is difficult when you know the answer to it. That's right. Yeah. No matter what the opposition, no matter what the question is, when you know what the answer is, right. uh, you easily overcome everything that, that you would face in life. And That's so true. thank God the word is our answer book. Amen. Amen. But we have to recognize our answer. We have to give that answer at a time of testing. That's right. Now this is the direction I'm going to be ministering uh, today is what to do at a time of testing. What is our part? And uh, every single one of us are going to face opposition. And I, I will say this, life should not be one crisis after another. Right. I said life should not be one crisis after another. But there will be opposition. There will be uh, strategies that the enemy will try to use against us to slow or hinder our progress. But he can't stop stop those who keep pressing forward. Right. Amen. Amen. Pressing forward in faith, right. pressing forward with the word. Yes. Um, in 2013, right after my husband went home to be with the Lord unexpectedly, I was standing in my hallway and you know how it is when God speaks to you, it freezes that moment for you, doesn't it? You can remember where you were at. You can remember the setting you were in. And uh, I was in my hallway at my home and up out of my spirit came this scripture. I will boldly say of the Lord, he is my helper. Well, that's found in Hebrews, of course. Right. I like that. I will, bold, I will boldly say of the Lord, he is my helper. Right. That Amen. verse just came up out of my spirit. It didn't even go through my mind. I mean, it just came out and I just spoke it out before I even had a chance to think about it. And as soon as I spoke it out, God spoke to me and he said, do you know how I help you? Yes. 
Well, when God asks a question, it's not because he doesn't know something. It's because he's wanting to make sure we know something. So I didn't try to just give him an answer. I, you know, I could have given him an answer, but he asks a question so he can give me an answer. So I said, tell me, how do you help me? And he said, when you put my word in your mouth, I help you. The word in our mouth is our help. I will boldly say, notice this. I, we have to say some things. I will boldly say of the Lord, he is my helper. So we could say this, the more we have his word in our mouth, the more help we receive from our helper. So that lets us know we're the ones who measure the degree of help to our life. If we speak his word little, we receive little help. If we speak his word much, we receive much help. Amen. Amen. And so I appreciate that it's just that simple. Our help, our, our victory is just as simple as putting his word in our mouth. You say, well, I don't quite understand how he's going to work an answer, how he's going to work a solution in my life. You don't have to understand it. You just have to say it. You say, well, that doesn't make sense. I can't say something I don't understand. Well, there's a lot of things I say that I don't understand. You know, one thing I say, I'll get on that commercial airline. I'll fly. And I don't understand all that happens to get that airplane off the ground. I just know it lifts me. So I don't understand everything, but I say, book the ticket. I'm going, right? We will say things we don't always fully understand because your heart can believe things that you don't even understand mentally. Amen. The word tells us with God, nothing is impossible, right? And then all things are possible to him that believeth. Look at this. All things aren't possible to everyone. All things are possible to him that believes. Notice what it doesn't say. It doesn't say all things are possible to him that understands. You can believe things with your heart that your mind cannot understand how God is going to work it, how God's going to bring it to pass. I don't understand how me saying, Jesus, I receive you in my heart, translates me from one kingdom to another, but it does. And we believe that. Amen. Amen. The mind cannot calculate what all those words accomplish and what God's power performs when we say those words. So I will say this, say things, even if you don't understand them, if it's the word, continue to say it. And if you need greater light, you'll come into that light, but God just needs your faith. And faith is the way we speak. Faith is the way we act. Amen. Amen. Um, I want you to turn with me in your Bible, if you would, to Psalm chapter 37 and verse 18. Psalm chapter 37, verse 18, and we invite you to take notes. We're believing God's going to say things to you. Expect God to speak to you. Expect light to come. We don't get anything more than we expect. So expect to hear from God. Psalm 37 in verse 18 and 19, I want to, I'll read it to you, then go back and give a few comments on it. It reads, the Lord knoweth the days of the upright and their inheritance shall be forever. They shall not be ashamed in the evil time and in the days of famine, they shall be satisfied. 
That's worth spending right there. <laughs> Let's go back. Let's look at this just for a moment, phrase by phrase. The Lord knoweth the days of the upright. Look at this. He knows the times we're living in. Yeah, right. He knows what we're facing. Right. He knows what our, the needs of our lives are. Right. He knows what the times in our life call for. Right. He knows, he knows exactly what we're, um, what we're coming up against or what's trying to come up against us. Yes. He knows the days right. of the upright. Look at this. And their inheritance shall be forever. What does he have prepared for the days of the upright? An inheritance. An inheritance. No matter what that day holds, there's an inheritance for that day. And it belongs to the upright. That's you. If you're born again, that's you. It doesn't. Look at this. Our inheritance shall be forever. Uh, Look at this. There's no expiration date on our inheritance right. for the rest of our lives yes. that his inheritance is forever in our life. Yes. Amen. Yes. On this earth and when we leave this earth. Yes. Right. Amen. Amen. So we see this, our inheritance doesn't fluctuate with the times. No, no matter what kind of days oppose us, no matter what kind of uh, events are in those days. The inheritance is enough for those days that we face. Right. I will say to you that um, we know this on the inside of every believer are the nine fruits of the spirit. When you got born again, Galatians five talks about the nine fruits of the spirit that the Holy Spirit imparted. Now it's up to us to develop those fruits and draw on those fruits in our daily life. You know, you can have a fruit tree in your backyard, but if you never go pick the fruit off of it and eat it, you won't enjoy it. Even though it's on your property. Well, even so in the property of your spirit, there are fruits learn to pick those fruits, develop those fruits, eat those fruits. Amen. Part of the fruits, well, it gives love, joy, peace, long suffering, and list nine, nine different fruits that are in the spirit of the believer. Uh, We must become skillful with those in the face of adversity. What are those nine fruits in there for? They're the supply we need for the days of our life. Now, we don't want to ignore them because the day needs them. I said the day, what we encounter in a day is going to need those nine fruits of the spirit. We need to partake of those fruits, love, joy, peace, as I said. Um, But um, I remember in 2011, when the spirit of God said to me, all I want you doing is practicing peace. What's he saying? Focus, emphasize on what that fruit of peace is in your life. That means you say, Pastor Nancy, how did you practice peace? Any thought that didn't arrive me at peace and joy, I cast it down. I paid attention to my thought life. I did not allow myself to turn over in my mind anything that would rob me of peace. I paid attention to my thought life. I'm so glad I did because two years later when my husband suddenly went home to be with the Lord, I was already sure-footed, full-footed in that flow of peace. I was already skillful at partaking of the fruit of peace. Why? Because my day called for it. That's right. Amen. Amen. You know, when the emergencies and the difficulties and the tragedies of life show up, that's not the time to lay down and ignore these mighty forces of the fruit 
fruits of the Spirit that are in you. That's the time to draw on them, turn to them. That means don't turn to your flesh. Don't turn to your emotions and start drawing out of the wrong feature of you. There's not the help in the mind and the help in the body. The help is in your spirit. Amen. God deals with us through our spirits and in our spirits is the nine fruits of the spirit. And so that's the time to turn inward at a time of tragedy, at a time of emergency, at a time of crisis. You turn inward and you say, I'm going to draw on those fruits instead of drawing on my feelings, drawing on my emotions, drawing on my past. Amen. Uh, If you dip into the wrong flow, you get the wrong flow. If you dip into the, into the force flow of heaven, you get the force flow of heaven. So I was so grateful that the Holy Spirit had, had told me to emphasize practicing peace, which I did. So the day that emergency of my husband's home going arose, the day that tragedy uh, showed up, I already knew how to draw out of that flow of peace. I wasn't trying to learn it at a time of emergency. I was practiced at it. Amen. Times of emergency are going to call for you to know where to draw out of. Don't draw out of your emotions, your feelings, right. and certainly don't draw out of what others may hand you. You know, people will love you and people mm-hmm. will be there for you, but sometimes they only offer you their emotions. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> I got my own, I got to step past. Yeah. Listen, our emotions, God gave us our emotions, but not to lead us and not to draw on. They're they're to color our life, but they are certainly not to dominate us and put us in a hole, a hole of sorrow, a hole of grief. Amen. Amen. And so the Lord knows the days of the upright is what Psalm 37 says. And their inheritance shall be forever. Part of our inheritance is the fruits of the spirit that in the days of emergency, the days of testing and trial, you have an inheritance that's on the inside of you. Draw out of that. That's what I did the day of my husband's home going. The fruits of the spirit are part of your inheritance. Don't lay them down. Don't ignore them. Don't leave them unaccessed. Amen. Amen. Uh, So our inheritance, it says, shall be forever, is what Psalm 37 says. As I said, that means that our inheritance doesn't fluctuate with the times. Our inheritance is more than enough for anything we're going to face. It's more than enough. The peace that I was drawing on on the day of my husband's home going was far more, it was far greater than the force of death that day. Far greater. I want you to know that our inheritance, uh, the fruits of the Spirit, all that God has blessed us with in Christ is so much greater than any opposition that we're going to face, any test, as long as we don't magnify the test. Now, you can make the test real big by magnifying it. But I want you to know our inheritance is so much greater. Magnify your inheritance of what belongs to you in Christ. Amen. 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 Draw out of the right place. Verse 19 goes on and says in Psalm 37, it reads, They shall not be ashamed. Who won't be ashamed? The ones who are drawing on their inheritance. The ones who have faith in the inheritance that God has made theirs and they're 
making a draw and a demand on that. Amen. They shall not be ashamed. That means our inheritance won't let us down. Yes. It will be far more than enough to deal with what we're facing. That's right. Amen. So verse 19 again says, they shall not be ashamed in the evil time. What's that word evil mean? I just looked up, we think we know what the word evil means and we do in a measure, but looking up the definition of it, the word evil means morally wrong or bad. Wow. So in the evil time, in the time where, uh, where uh, that which is morally wrong and bad is abounding, we have an inheritance in the That's face right. of that. Yes. Amen. Amen. We shall not be ashamed in the evil time. Right. And in the days of famine, they shall be satisfied. Yes. How are you satisfied? You're not doing without. You're provided for. I mean, haven't you ever walked out of a restaurant even after you ate and you don't like the meal you ordered? Or let's bring it on home. You cooked. (laughs) And what you cooked, you go, "Mm, that didn't quite hit the spot. That did not satisfy me. Even though people are eating, they can still walk away unsatisfied. You'll never partake of the word and walk away unsatisfied. You will always be full satisfied. So it says in the days of famine, they shall be satisfied. What's that mean? There's not going to be any empty spot left. It will be fully provided for. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now I'm going to read out of the NIV translation of how Psalm 37 verses 18 and 19 reads. The NIV says, the blameless spend their days under the Lord's care. I like that. The the blameless spend their days under the Lord's care. I don't care whether it's a day with tragedy that came. I don't care if it's a day where emergency came or just a day where you were were rejoicing. You're still under the Lord's care no matter what that day holds. No matter what came against you in that day, you don't leave the Lord's care. What's that mean? He's not giving you his inheritance and withdrawing it and giving it and withdrawing it and giving it and withdrawing it. We not only have an inheritance, we have his care uh, working and moving over our lives. Amen. Listen, when he takes care of it, you don't, it's not going to stay broke. It's just not going to stay broke. Amen. You remember when you were little and you broke something? And you ran in and you told your parents, or you hid it, whatever you did. (laughs) Different people respond differently. And your your parents said, don't worry, baby, I'll, I'll fix that. What's that mean? They're going to take care of it. That means you don't have to be concerned about that. That's what it means under the Lord's care. He's taking care of it. Amen. Amen. He's handling. As you release your faith and rest in faith on him and his provision, the inheritance he's made yours, he'll take care of your situation. So it says the blameless spend their days under the Lord's care and their inheritance will endure forever. Now, remember how I started at the top of this episode. God said to me, the way he helps us is when we put his word in our mouth, right? right. We need to put this word in our mouth. We need to say, I spend my days under his care. I spend my days under his care. Do you know that my life is free from the stress of the times? Yeah. The times carry stress. I'm, in, I'm under the shadow of the Most High. I am not under the stress of the times. Yes. But you have to say it. Yes. You have to draw on it because if you want to, yes. 
you can draw on the stress of the times. You can talk about that, magnify that. I love something that one minister said, Pastor John Osteen. I don't know if you've ever gotten to hear him minister, but what a man, what a man of faith, Mm -hmm. wonderful pastor. Uh, He's in heaven right now, but I love something that he said during a time when uh, I believe in the 80s, 90s, when there was a recession on here in the United States. And um, God told him in the midst of that recession, he said, I want you to build a 10,000 seat auditorium and I don't want you to receive one offering for the building. And I want it completed in a year. (laughs) During a recession. You go, Lord, are you sure? Remember what it says in Psalm 37, verse 18, the Lord knows the days of the upright. He knows if there's a recession. And I've seen that God, God always chooses and gives direction at a time when the world can't do it. It shows how much he can do it. So when your own ability, when the economy is not favorable, right. Uh, then you can realize how miraculous the help of God is in our life. So he told him, I want you to build a 10,000 seat auditorium and I want it completed in a year and I don't want one offering received, a special offering for it. He said, you just tell the people to be faithful to give their tithes and offerings. And they had it completed within a year paid for during a recession. That's right. Why? Because we're under the Lord's care. We're under the Lord's care. We're not under the stress of times. And I remember something Pastor John Osteen said during that. He said, I understand that some of you people are having a recession. He says, I'm not. I don't read about it. There's your help right there. There's your revelation right there. People pipe it in through the television, pipe it in through what they read. They read how things are going on. You say, well, we have to, we have to read it to know how to pray. Well, the Holy Ghost knows what's needed. You let you pray being led by him instead of being led by the news reports. You'll pray more effectively. I'm not saying remain ignorant of the times, but I'm saying don't be led by the times. Don't be influenced by the times and certainly don't be impressed by the times. Why? Because God impresses us. Amen. And I love when he said, I hear some of you people are having a recession. (laughs) He wasn't. Why? Because he chose to opt out. Amen. I'm opting out of the stress of the times. Why? I'm under the Lord's care. This is the way you talk. This is the way you think. And this is the way you behave. This is the way you live. And this is the kind of conversations you have at the dinner table. Amen. You talk about, I'm under the Lord's care. Instead of talking about what's derailing, not in my life, not in my, I've been delivered from the kingdom of darkness, translated into the kingdom of his dear son. Now we know this, we live in this world and we are aware what's going on at the flow of this world, but that's not our flow. We have another place to draw from. Where are we drawing from? The Lord's care. That's right. So the NIV says, the blameless spend their days under the Lord's care. Is there any day that is free from the Lord's care? No, all of our days are under his care. The blameless spend their days under the Lord's care and their inheritance will endure forever. Why? Our inheritance is the Lord's care for us. Yeah. In times of disaster, they will not wither. 
Look at that. Disaster comes all around. Right. Quit reading it. Right. It's not yours. It's not yours. Quit handling what's not yours. When, the, when my kids were young and we'd go into a nice shop that had a lot of breakables, what did I say? Don't touch it. Don't touch it. Why? It's not yours. That's right. I'll tell my grandkids, they'll come over, you know, and one of them was over the other day and opened one of the drawers in my bedroom and said, Nanny, what's this? I said, shut that door. That's not yours. That's mine. That's not yours. <laughs> what's that mean? Don't touch what's not yours. Amen. In times of disaster, they won't wither. Why? Because that disaster isn't ours. You say, well, Pastor Nancy, uh, don't things come up against your life? Yes, but the outcome for me is not disaster. Yeah. That's right. right. Amen. Amen. I will not wither. You've got to put these words in your mouth when it looks like everything around you is falling apart. When you do, then the Lord is able to help you based on the words you speak that are in line with his words. So again, the NIV says in times of disaster, they will not wither. In days of famine, they will enjoy plenty. Recession, no recession. Plenty is my future. God is showing us our future. Days of plenty. Amen. We will not wither in a time of disaster. Won't do it. Won't do it. Not participating. Not participating. Amen. The New Living Translation of Psalm 37 verse 18 reads this way. Day by day, the Lord takes care of the innocent. That's us, the believer. And they will receive an inheritance that lasts forever. They will not be disgraced in hard times. Even in famine, they will have more than enough. That's us. All of that is showing us our future. About four years before my husband went home to be with the Lord, we were sitting on a commercial flight getting ready to take off. And the word of the Lord came to me and he said to me, you're going to start living off the top of the barrel. What's that mean? I'm not going to see the bottom again. I'm not going to see the bottom again. So when my husband went home to be with the Lord, God spoke to me and said, if you'll remember, I told you four years ago what your future looked like you're going to start living off the top of the barrel. That's right. Just because my husband left, this, the provision and the supply of my life did not diminish. That's right. A single income home still has a divine income. That's right. <laughs> Just because my husband's income isn't there anymore, I still have a divine income and it's far more than enough. And I've been living off the top of the barrel ever since. God's word shows us our future. Hold to that. Amen. Well, you don't want to miss next time we got more to say. And until next time, remember this, Jesus is the healer. God bless you. To watch or listen to today's message and other messages by Nancy Dufresne, visit DufresneMinistries.org. When God increases you, every arena of your life will increase. In this book, I Have a Supply by Nancy Dufresne, you will learn how rich and unending your supply is from God and how to make it a reality in your everyday life. Order this book now at DufresneMinistries.org. Come join us for our Dufresne Ministries Miracle Crusade in Georgetown, Texas at Church on the Rock, October 15th through the 19th. 
For more information and to register, visit our website at defrainministries.org. Come expecting your miracle. Jesus gave us the key to his success. He stayed with the plan God gave him to fulfill. In this book by Nancy Dufresne, God, the Revealer of Secrets, you will learn how to know God's perfect will for your life and how to accomplish that divine plan. Order this book now at DufresneMinistries.org. We trust you've enjoyed this message. Visit us at DufresneMinistries.org to learn of our upcoming meetings, share your testimony, submit a prayer request, or visit our online store. Thank you to the friends and partners of Dufresne Ministries for making this production possible.